So good morning and welcome back to Margin. This morning I want to talk further about obstacles in relation to our debt loads and how we as consumers are addicted to debt. So let's jump right into it. Welcome to the Millennial Margin Podcast. I created this personal finance resource out of necessity as I've watched countless people schedule away, mortgage up, and max out their lives. Margin is simply the antithesis, providing leeway in an increasingly marginless culture. If you want to build margin into your personal finances on a daily basis, this is the podcast for you. So we all know that we have a tendency to be a product of our environment. As I've mentioned before, uh, we are the product of the people we spend the most time with. And that's why we need to be so careful about not only our environments, but also those that we spend the most time with. Uh, But with that, being Americans, we are addicted to debt. So we are around um, other individuals who use debt heavily. Uh, We have banks constantly trying to vie for our attention to sell us products for different ways uh, for us to get into debt. And then, of course, as I mentioned before, our debt as a nation is not in a great place. So overall, when you look at the picture of, of you know consumers and the consumer debt that we are in, it is not a great picture. So we have a tendency of being a product of our environments. I've mentioned it before that uh, you become the average of the people you spend the most time with. And you've heard that many times as well, I'm I'm assuming. But, uh, But with that, our government has taken a certain approach to debt and the debt load that our government is is carrying. Uh, and so basically what that does is it trickles down. And you see that in our banks and how leveraged our banks are, even though they're considered healthy. Uh, and you see it in the products that are created through financial institutions to get people into more debt. And what I drill down even further into is the fact that I believe that as Americans, we are financially illiterate for the most part. And unfortunately, that causes us to make decisions to get into debt uh, at, a, at a higher cap rate or at a greater rate because uh, we don't necessarily have the right information coming to us. So Business Insider recently wrote an article uh, deriving information directly from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York that found that the average consumer had $51,900 worth of debt. And I don't know if that's staggering to anyone else. And I understand that does include mortgages, but, uh, but when you look at $51,900 worth of debt per citizen, that is staggering. So that includes, of course, um, you know, student loans, like I mentioned, mortgages, auto loans, and other debt. But Nonetheless, that shows a picture right there of Americans and, uh, and, and us being a product of our environment. So according to the Federal Reserve, the aggregate total debt, so that would be taking everyone's individual $51,900 amount and combining it together, would equal $14.35 trillion. So that's the aggregate amount of, uh, of debt from a consumer standpoint uh, in the United States. And so with that, when you're breaking that, that, that $14.35 trillion figure down, about 69% of it is attributed 
two mortgages. So not really surprising. As I mentioned, it was about three quarters of it is is mortgage related debt. Um, But beyond that, what was interesting is 11% was attributed directly to student loans. So it actually surpassed auto loans, which were at 9%. Uh, And then beyond that, uh, there was credit card debt at 6%. And then beyond that, there was home equity lines of credit at 3% and other debt at another 3%. So with that, you're looking at a conglomerate, you're looking at a combination of all those different types of debt equaling uh, the $14.35 trillion. So stepping out of the heavy spending months of the fourth quarter of the year leading up to Christmas and New Year's, it was estimated based on previous years that the average consumer would spend about $1,000 on Christmas gifts. Uh, But the National Retail Federation uh, basically estimated that would increase between 3.6 and 5.2% this year because of pent-up demand and because of people rewarding themselves and others for the challenging year. So you're probably wondering why I'm bringing up stats related to Christmas, stats related to the holiday season and increased spending year over year for that. And I'm bringing it up because of a prior stat that I brought up. And that stat was that 60% of the population or 199 million people in America could not cover a $1,000 expense if that were to occur. And so with that, My point is that if the majority of people cannot afford a $1,000 expense, uh, then that means that most likely those same people are also financing Christmas. And so you're probably saying, well, yeah, most people do. Most people put Christmas or the holiday season on their credit card and they look at it in the new year and address it then. What's the big deal? The big deal comes down to the fact that what you're doing is you are mortgaging your future. You are, um, you're, you're not planning for margin in your finances. So therefore, you're going into debt. And unfortunately, a lot of that debt for store cards, for credit cards, for personal loans or payday loans, those types of debt are unsecured. And so therefore, they come with a higher percentage rate. And so you're not only putting that on that credit, but you're also having compound interest working against you instead of for you. So that brings me back to driving home the point that Americans are addicted to debt. And there was a statement made by Ray Dalio who who basically said that credit is the most important part of our economy. And as credit is extended, spending increases. So basically, as people have more of an opportunity to spend through the means of credit, the, the greater they'll spend. And so with that, my question to you today is, are you spending because credit has been extended to you and because you've been able to put things on credit and have payments associated to that? And if that is the case, then can you actually afford what lifestyle you currently lead? Is that lifestyle that you lead something that you could afford if you didn't have that credit extended to you? So I believe that credit is neither moral or immoral, just like money. I've mentioned that before, where 
Money is just a tool. Credit is just a tool. It's what you do with it that makes it uh, used for good purposes or bad purposes, for moral things or immoral things. And so therefore, I believe that you can use credit in a negative sense in your world, a negative application in your world by fueling overconsumption. And that overconsumption often leads to you buying goods and services uh, that actually don't add to your quality of life. So that's when I think that it is used for purposes that are not necessarily productive. So in America, we've experienced a long cycle of growth. We've we've experienced a long cycle of expansion. And uh, obviously, it's it's been impacted in this last year, and we'll see what happens in the coming year. But nonetheless, we've experienced a long period of economic expansion. And so with that, oftentimes people can become a little bit more lax. And as credit is easy to get, and as it is easy to get into debt, uh, people take advantage of uh, having accessibility to different debt offerings. And so therefore, oftentimes they are a little bit more lax with um, getting into more debt than they normally would. So if it is true that debt grows as credit is easy, then what areas in your financial picture, whether it's a personal loan, whether it's a credit card, whether it's a line of credit or even a payday loan, what aspect have you taken on while credit has been easy that may leave you, your spouse, and your family susceptible in the event that credit dries up? So unsecured loans are free from the danger associated to risk or loss of an underlying asset. So really what that comes down to is much like an auto loan, you have the underlying asset of a vehicle that allows for that institution to then have more security in the fact that they'll get their money back. So they'll either repossess the vehicle and sell it at auction uh, or uh, or set up different terms with you or whatever the case may be. But with a credit card, with a personal loan, with a line of credit or even a payday loan, oftentimes those do not have an underlying asset. So therefore, the institution charges a higher interest rate for the risk associated to that. So my challenge today, my call to action today would be to really look at your finances from the standpoint of where are you susceptible? You know, what personal loans do you have? What unsecured loans do you have that uh, that if credit were to dry up in one way or another would leave you susceptible, would leave your finances susceptible? And I would challenge you to look at those from a standpoint of, what interest rate are you paying? What are you actually paying on that? What fees are associated to it? Uh, what is your principal and what is your interest? Um, or is it only interest? But look at it from a standpoint of, okay, what do I need to shore up from a personal loan standpoint? And what do I need to shore up to make sure that I'm not leaving my family susceptible? Thank you for your time. Enjoy your day. And we'll see you back here tomorrow. If this information is helpful to you, explore the Margin Membership, where me and my team will help you take the information you're learning and apply it to your life and your finances. I have built an interactive course that allows me and my team to connect with you and come alongside people like you to help you revamp your finances and build margin into your life. Click the link in the description below if you're interested. We hope to see you there.
If this information is helpful to you, please do follow, visit MillennialMargin.com or connect with me on Margin's social platforms.